Okay, we're on Ois Gimel on Daf Chaf. Now, in this is it says, "Behold, I place behind before you, or I command you this day, Al Libavecha." Now, what does this mean? That we have to draw it down to our hearts that Hashem responds to us as we are to Him. Kamayim Apanim Apanim. That through mitzvahs, which is the fulfillment of Hashem's ratzon, like we say, Hashem kedishonu b'mitzvahisav, that we draw it down onto the person, that this arouses the ratzon of the nefesh, that it should be for Hashem again in that automatic, reflective way. Kamayim alpanim alpanim. This is what Pirkei means when it says, "Make His will your will," in order that. His, his will should be your will, meaning that when we draw down the rutzen of Hashem, which are mitzvahs, so that our rutzen should be a rutzen for Hashem. This is also what Shlomo Melech writes in Mishlei, that a candle is a, a mitzvah. That is, that from the mitzvahs we draw down a nair or a, a light into the nefesh. This is uh, an insight into the rutzen and the abba that's with, contained within the heart. Now, since we have a rule, that mitzvahs require a form of shmira. We have to be cautious about them. That is, that the candle that is drawn down, not like Avram, who had Yishmol who came from him, and uh, an Avera can eradicate a mitzvah, like it says in the Gemara in Saita. That is, that it can eradicate that light and it can crush that light of love, but it cannot eradicate the essence of the mitzvah, chas v'shalom. It cannot say that the mitzvah is not still a mitzvah that the person did and is still uh, an impact on his life. Because if a person says that I have half mitzvahs and half avedas, he's still going to Olam Haba. So obviously his avedas did not eradicate his mitzvahs. What does it mean? It means that his avedas will have to have the consequence, but it does not forfeit chas v'sholem, the mitzvahs. The idea is that it can, it can squash the candle and the light that is from the mitzvahs, but not the mitzvah itself. So regarding this, it says, mitzvahs of tishmeidu, you should guard them. So that they should not be forfeit, that is, through obeying the voice, which is the call of Taita. Because the Avera is potential to eradicate the mitzvah, but not eradicate Taita. Why? That even though the mitzvah is the radiance of the will of Hashem, it's come down here into this physical world and it's become contained within a physical keli. And therefore, there is the possibility for Zelumazef, for opposition. That just like when a person fulfills a mitzvah, he is upholding the Ratzon of Hashem, so too, if a person does an Aveda, he is in violation of the Ratzon of Hashem. And that's why an Aveda can eradicate the glory, the glamour, the beauty of the mitzvah. But Torah, which preceded creation and comes from the level of Chachma and radiates in the near mitzvah, like it says, Kinem Nitzvah and Torah's are, that the Torah is a light for the candle itself. Because the source of Torah and its root is to be elevated above it's rooted in the level of the Yudgilamidas Harachamim that are drawn down during the month of Elul, which is a Zman and Nesrotzer in the Maiva. And every year it draws down these Yudgilamidas Harachamim through Torah. Because the source of Torah, the 613 mitzvahs of Torah and the Zion mitzvahs that are born and gets you a total of 620. The 620 pillars of light, the source of Rachmanes and forgiveness, where Hashem tolerates sin and violation. And therefore, no Aveda can eradicate Torah because it comes from a level that tolerates uh, and carries Avedas. Not the Aveda behavior, but despite the Aveda. And this is what is indicated in when it says, of a Tishmo, we guard the mitzvahs and we listen to the voice, and that's the characteristic of Torah. 
because the sound, the voice of Torah is the drawing down from above to below, so too Torah, which is drawn from above, from such a lofty place through the authors of the Mishnah, the Gemara, the Tanaim, and the, and the Amaroim, the Mari Masnis, and the Gemara, that the, this is, should be the halacha that comes from Shammai or Hillel, that this is Mamash the Dvar Hashem itself, like we say, the words, my words, which I place in your mouth, my words, Hashem's words, Mamish, and this is what it means, my voice, Mamish, Hashem's voice, we listen to, because whoever sits and studies Torah, Hashem sits and studies with him. So you have to listen, just like we say, listen to the ear, listen to what comes from it. That is you, your very essence, the Torah Shemalpeh, that we absorb Torah, and we uh, manifest it in some sort of personal sense. And then the Pasuk says, and he, him you shall serve, meaning that it should be an evet. Like it says, similarly, you have to have these two levels, the level of bet and the level of evet. The level of Ben is an Av and a Simcha, that you should progress from level to level. The level of Eved is to serve Hashem like an Eved who serves his master. It doesn't just mean that he serves him to fulfill his instruction, even if he doesn't really have any geschmack in it and doesn't even understand what he's doing. But he just wants, but it means that he should have a geschmack in the, in the Avedah itself. And he does it with a complete heart because he accepts upon himself the instruction of his uh, of his boss to serve him with all of his uh, capacity. Similarly, a person has to accept upon himself the Omal Hashemayim and to fulfill the mitzvahs of Hashem because this is the will of God. Even though mitzvahs, yes, they require a kavana, and the kavana is the simcha that comes in the Avas Hashem, Kamayim upon him upon him. Because they draw down the Ratzinelli and Asher Kedishonu B'mitzvah makes us holy in his mitzvahs. Nevertheless, it has to be the level of Aveda. There has to be labor. That even though this Aveda comes from a, a, a very external level of the soul, the Simcha and the Avas Hashem, nevertheless, there is another Maila that he has total bitl and total subservience. Like it's explained that this is what Shmuel rebuked Shol when he said to him, is not obedience more precious than uh, than, than sacrifice? When Sh- Shmuel uh, did spare the cattle of Amalek and claimed that he was going to bring it as a carbon, and Shmuel said to him, do what you're told. Now, through this, that a, a person becomes attached to Hashem, that is the plural, because within the nefesh, we have nefesh, ruach, and neshama, the three aspects of the soul that are embedded within our human experience, which are our contemplative thoughts, our spoken words, and our deeds. And our deeds are like an evet. We do what we're told. Like a person has to align his thoughts, his words with Hashem, and align his thoughts with Hashem. Now, the way in which we align our thoughts with Hashem is by attaching ourselves uh, and our enthusiasm in godliness. The act is the least and the most external aspect of our existence, to be elevated and connected with Hashem. And this is the level of the Evet, which is when we do what we're told. Even if a person doesn't have any understanding of why this is important, he just follows uh, the rules. He does what he's instructed to do. This is his Avedah, to do the service like a simple servant. And through this, he becomes attached with Hashem. And it says, Ubaytidbakun, with an additional letter nun, it could have just said that that he is attached. This uh, final elongated vertical nun suggests that there is a long stretch out, that it's drawn all the way down to allude to this idea that it is drawn from the most intense level of godliness down here into this world. 
to the point that it is completely aligned with Hashem, and there will be no opportunity for the Sitra Akhra to steal from it. Like it says, the spirit of impurity I will lift from the land. Uh, now we have like a summary of, of this mimer. Uh, one, it says, Kimenas Hashem, Hashem will test you. And we talked about the objective of tests is for the person to overcome the test and thus to be elevated up to a level of knowing. And as we say, if there's no uh, Bina, there's no Das, that through contemplation, this expands our comprehension. So we think about the Bria of Yeshmiyayan, the source of all of creation, the level of expression and radiance, which is Ka'ayin. It's called just the name, the calling point. And this is what it means when it says, and it's called the back of Hashem, the Acharayim. And from here, it's drawn down that we should pursue it. We should continuously progress from level to level. This is the Rutzoy. This is what we run after. The drawing down, that is to even the back of Hashem. Then it says, him you shall fear. And this is the idea that we have to now come back. We've pursued Rutzoy. Now there has to be a Shuv, that this comes from him himself, that pronoun because of the infinity of Hashem. And this is experienced in Nishman Asra. Then there is, of course, the external expression of Yira, like we describe in the brachas leading up to the Shema, that we see how all the angels are in awe of Hashem, which rubs off on us. And then we come to the Kriyashma, where we declare the Ava of Hashem, that we fear Hashem himself, not just because we see the angels for whom we have reverence, having reverence for Hashem, which provokes us to have reverence for those for whom we revere, revere. Then we say, his mitzvahs, that through the mitzvahs, which are the will of Hashem, it arouses the will within the person. This is the ner mitzvah. The ner mitzvah requires guarding. We have to prevent the Averus from squashing it. And how do we do that? By listening to his voice, which is Torah. Torah is light, the source of Torah. And therefore, the Yudgimel Midas, that Torah is analyzed through, and again, because Torah precedes the world, so it's not vulnerable to being squashed by the world. And this is what we then say, him you shall serve, that it should be like an Evet. No reason, you just do what you're told. And this is what uh, Shmuel said to Shaul, is not obedience more precious than sacrifice. And through this, we become attached with Hashem, an attachment that goes from the contemplative to the verbal, to the behavioral, Now there's a further explanation. We're on Omid Gimel. We say that after Hashem, your God, you should pursue that Heshtalshalis should be drawn out from the level of Malchus, which is called the Akre, the back, just like it's the point of contact. This level that is just a slight glimpse and insight. And this is uh, similar to the way it's reached to the highest levels. There's the Kav that is drawn down through the Tzimtzum. And from this uh, otherwise empty space where there's that disconnect between the infinite and the beginning of the finite, which is all the way down to the Malchus level, which is where it's expressed. And here we can understand the three times that we say Kadesh in the Davening, Kadesh, Kadesh, Kadesh. Similar to what the Arizal writes, that the idea of Kadesh means detached, that it's incomparable the way that the Neshama impacts the body, which it is invested in the body, which is not the case with Hashem and the world. So the muscle of the impact of the neshama on the body falters when we try to tr translate that into Hashem's relationship with the world. So why do we say Kadosh three times when we're describing the detachment of Hashem? The point being, it's explained in so many other places um, that yeah, when we say, Yahalu Hashem Hashem ki Praise Hashem 
For when he instructed, it was created. What does it mean, kihu, he? That is, the atzmesumahus. He instructed and it was created. Then you can't say by Hashem that he even bara created, which would suggest, we're now on uh, Madalu, which suggests that it was sort of consequential, because that would again suggest that there's Hashem and he created something that's somewhat outside of him. And that doesn't work, except that you're talking about, again, the shamus of Hashem, where we're trying to put some sort of parameter on godliness, like we say, Baresh is bara elikim, elikim. But Yahalu has shame. We praise the name, only the name. That's not to the essence. Because the Abish in his essence, he only, he just commands it and it happens. It's a it's effortless. And therefore, the term bara, which is again suggesting somewhat of an effort, suggests that there's a creation. Yesh And this requires understanding that since we say bara, that it's consequential, but again, suggesting that there's a, a an actor and an act. How is this called Yesh There seems to be somewhat of an effort. However, now we explain, like it says in the Igeris in HaKodesh, in, in the letter that begins, he and his life force, and that which he causes are all one, that the kalim of the ten svidas of Atzilis that are called Gamuhi, these are elokos that they create, Yesh like the Ein Soif. And they're not the Hishtal Shalis of Yilav because through the Seder Hishtal Shalis, even the Tzimtzumim cannot be raised up to, or, or, or impact, or be effective, to create Gashmis from Ruchnis. That's why it's called Yesh And this is what it's written even in the philosopher, that the creation of Gashmis from Ruchnis, there's no greater Yesh than that. Because no matter how much you will be uh, compressing of infinite, you're never going to get uh, finite. It's exclusively in the hands of the Abraham. And the capacity for this is nested in the Kalim of Atzilis, that's where the kav, the extension from the orin soif comes. And again, the light is going to reflect the origin and is going to be unified with them. Like we say, he and what he causes are one. And through this, he creates yeshmiyai. Now, in MS, this creation of spiritual matters, of even of that come from the kalim vatsilis, is a form of yeshmiyai. It's not a procedural that has a cause effect. It's not a shtalshis. Now, from the perspective of the expression of the Kaab that's invested within the Kalim of Atzilis, you could call that creation. But again, it's a consequential. It's a radiance in, from the Kalim. Even the Ha'ara, the Ha'ara of the Kaab that's invested within the creations to give them existence, like it's explained there in Tanya. And this is what it says in uh, at the beginning of Shari Chavamunah, uh, what the Altar Rebbe here refers to as Sefer Shalbaninim, but it's in Chedek Beis. That even in the inanimate, even in the domain, you have the words of Hashem of creation. There, the Alter Rebbe talks about how the Evan, a stone, which doesn't even reflect any evident godliness, is created by Hashem. This is the power that is invested within it, the Kayachapoel in the Nifal. Nevertheless, this creation in the Nifal, like of a stone, comes from the power of, that is invested within it which is the configuration of the letters of Hashem that are invested within it. And this is Mamash Yesh because the Oisius are a Kayach that should be created a physical stone. And this is Mamash uh, from nothing, Mamash Yesh And this is, again, through a Hishtalshalist that is possible once the Kayach is detached from the infinity of Hashem and it's brought into the physical world. It's now just a matter of reconfiguring it until you get down to all the different items, even a stone. 
And this is why Kadosh emphasizes the idea of separateness. That even though there is the Kayach HaPoyal in the Nifal, nevertheless, it is only a Ha'ari, only can get a glimpse of it. It doesn't touch on the Kav that is within the 10 spheres of Atzilus. It's only like the ray of the sunlight and compared to the sun itself, like it says there in the Igeris HaKadosh. And even more beyond that, the power of impact that comes from the 10 statements, the original 10 statements, which are nested again in Atzilus, that is invested within the consequence, the Nifal, which are Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya, is not at all comparable to an Neshama, the way it's invested in the body. Because it is not the root of it in the body itself. And the Atzimus of the Neshama, whereas the power of Hashem, that it's in the affected, is what creates this impact, Mi'ayin Liyash, and therefore the Nifal is totally bottled to the Poyo, to the power that causes it, and it is even more profoundly detached than the Guf is from the Neshama.